Ragged Foils presents The Art of Ambition by Mark L. Burrow. Chapter 5 The Phantom Attendant Four months ago, I overheard a great idea. Now I'm running a parking lot business. The guy who owns this land remains in a coma. I wish him well. Commuters think I work for the city. They think this parking lot is legitimate, but they don't really care. For $20 a day, this is by far the cheapest in the area. 25 bucks is the cheapest I've seen. Some lots even charge up to $50 a day. So, this lot has proven over the months to be incredibly popular. Just look at it. It's 9 a.m. and it's already full. I've had to close the gates as drivers were still trying to get in and it was causing a bit of a scene having them back out onto 11th Avenue. There's room for around 30 cars each so you can work out how much money I'm earning here every day. Anyway, today's work is done. I rigged up some security cameras. I leave the gates closed, but unlocked, so the first commuters who leave work can help themselves to their vehicles. Easy as that. Visiting time at the hospital is 10 a.m. My second job of the day is to visit the old guy in the coma. See how he's doing. Make sure I can open up again tomorrow. Then the rest of the day is for me. I enjoy having this time. I have lunch in a diner, a couple of afternoon beers in some of my local bars. I observe, I eavesdrop, I listen. I make new friends. I tell them stories of my family living in the Prohibition period. I tell them stories of my ambition to be a Hollywood actor. In bars, you can tell anyone anything. I hear a lot of stories, too. The thing is, what to do with all these stories? You know, I've started to write them down. So, the old guy. Let's move on another two months. Business is still booming. My routine, the same. I arrive at Ward 6 to find two women at the old guy's bedside. He's still alive, still in a coma. But they start giving me hell. Hey! Asking who I am. Who the hell are you? What's my business with this guy? It turns out... They are his daughters. They had only just heard his news and traveled across the country to visit him. I had to get out of there quickly. They thought I was after his money. Returning became a problem. I called ahead each day, and the daughters were there as usual. My phone calls were raising suspicion, so I had to back off and hope he didn't wake up. So the inevitable day arrives. The old guy is well and out of his coma. It's a Monday afternoon, and I head down to the parking lot. I wait till the last car vacates, and I lock the gates for good. I'd started to bribe a nurse in the hospital, paid her to inform me the very second he comes out of his coma. She will also hand him back the keys, 
claiming staff had kept them safe for him. My routine had changed only slightly. I no longer had to open up the parking lot. I had made a good amount of money to keep me going. It was a good run. I no longer had to worry about the old guy. I still had lunch at the diner and drinks in my local bars. It was in one such bar. A couple of weeks later, I heard a story. He tells me about this parking lot that's been closed for a couple of weeks now. Commuters have become reliant on this parking lot, so complained to the city about the lack of staff. Turns out the city didn't even own the parking lot. And they had certainly not employed anyone to work there. No one has any idea who the guy running it was or where he even came from. At this point, I wave over the bartender and order two more beers in. And he's like, so the police get involved. They're investigating fraud, get this. They track down the owner of the land. He's got the perfect alibi. He was in a coma whilst the parking lot was in operation. He has absolutely no idea how it was even used. The gate should have been locked and he's the only one with the keys. The keys were kept safe in the hospital during that entire time. Then attention turns to his daughters. They're under investigation. The whole thing is a mystery, he told me. How one guy could turn up each day, earn the respect of his customers, then simply disappear into thin air. Then, who should walk into this bar? It was her. The casting agent I had met in my time in Los Angeles. Now she was finally here, in New York, in one of my bars. There were many versions of the same story of the Phantom Attendant echoing around the bars. These lasted weeks, and in some cases, months. As for me, I encourage the telling of stories. I've heard a lot like these. Some are funny, others quite frightening. Now it's time to use these stories to my advantage. That's my new ambition. To stand up and let people hear them. And what better place? A place where people pay to hear your stories. Yes, the comedy club. The drunker my acquaintances were, the better the story. The drunker the audience, well, only time will tell. I'll just have to give it a go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the stage, Mr. Austin I. Mumbo. You've been listening to The Art of Ambition, written by Mark L. Burrow and produced by Natalie Winter for Ragged Foils Productions. It starred Joshua Manning and was directed and edited by Thomas Mitchells. Additional voices provided by Thomas Mitchells and Natalie Winter. The theme tune was composed by Barry Bignold. Additional SFX and music sourced from BBC Sound Archives in Competech.com and freesound.org. Please see the show notes for individual attributions. If you enjoyed this production, please consider leaving us a review or telling your friends, as it helps other people find us. 
You might also like the Ragged Scratch podcast, the audio drama new writing podcast by Ragged Foils that the art of adornment originally aired in. You can find us online at raggedfoils.co.uk or at Ragged Foils across Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Thank you for listening.